This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with Graham Williams and Christina Stoyanova. We've got a great show for you today. Of course, we cover all the latest and greatest apps for iOS, Apple users, and Android uh, fans as well. Of course, we'll be covering what's streaming on Netflix, Crave, and Amazon Prime later in the show. Our Hot 5 app countdown this week. Hot 5 cat apps for cat lovers. We're going to do that with Graham because he's a weirdo cat lover. Uh, and uh, we'll be talking with Igor Bonifacic about the new OnePlus 6 smartphone. Should you upgrade to it? Well, we've got uh, the in-depth review from Igor. Looking at some of the uh, app news, uh, Christina, there's uh, some app developers that are going to be forming a union. What does that all mean? Uh, right. They're forming a union. Uh, these are Apple app developers because I, I guess they have some issues with uh, with Apple's policies surrounding app development. Um, obviously, money is at play here. They are uh, not happy with the profit sharing or the um, the revenue sharing on on app purchases, even though Apple back in 2016 changed this split in their favor. It used to be that they got 70% and now they get 85. Uh, but it seems that it's still difficult, uh, obviously, to make that work financially. What do you think the chances of are of making any headway here? Obviously, Apple is a behemoth and, you know, it's their livelihood. Can they make any dent? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. Um, actually, this is very interesting on another front because we actually interviewed the gentleman who has started this union, Jake Schumacher. Uh, he was part of that documentary about the app economy. We had him on the show a few months back. Um, anyway, he he actually has started this union. And so far, there's no official strategy in place for collective bargaining. And there are no membership dues. So he's sort of calling it a non-union union, um, which, I mean, I like where he's going with that. But I am wondering how successful they're going to be under those circumstances. That being said, he's aiming to hit 20,000 signees by early June. So, 20,000? Yeah. Well, they've got 500 so far from what I understand. Yes, that's that's about right. But it, it'll be interesting. There's already been, uh, he's admitted there's been cases where developers have turned him down because they get most of their livelihood from Apple. And so they're not really willing to rock that boat. <laughs> no kidding. Also in the news, uh, Amazon Alexa getting into the car space. We've seen uh, Apple with Apple CarPlay and Android with Android Auto get into the uh, the dashboards, the entertainment systems. Now it looks like uh, Ford is uh, rolling out uh, a feature called Ford Plus Alexa. And now you'll be able to use Alexa in certain Ford vehicles to basically start your car and lock the doors. How do you feel about that? I feel great about that. I mean, people like having different options. So uh, being able to choose between Alexa or Google or Siri in your car is is great for a lot of people because they want to use what they're used to at home. You don't want to be pigeonholed into using a service that you're not quite used to and then you have to get used to two of them. So uh, I think this is a good move. I'm, I'm, I'm saying finally, like for years, like a sucker, I actually had to use... Uh, a key in my car and oh my god that took a couple seconds to actually turn the ignition on 
And then, you know, I got the push button car. You know how it's just a one push button to start the car? Like a sucker, that took a lot of energy as well. So thank God I can just use my voice now to start my car. Are there some concerns surrounding that, though? Because <laughs> let's be honest here. I mean, I had a friend over and uh, they were just, we were having a conversation and Alexa, for whatever reason, kicked in. Yes. So, I, I mean, I'm just a little concerned that there could be um, some some unintentional things happening here. I think so. Yes. Uh, you know, obviously they're going to have to work some of the kinks uh, out and it'll be interesting to see uh, how many of uh, these car manufacturers will also build that voice service uh, in uh, as well. Uh, apparently some of these cars you can remotely uh, unlock it as well, but you'll also have to enter a four-digit PIN uh, too. So we'll have to see how that uh, all goes down. But uh, I think it's good. You know, for years I just... I was so unhappy with the entertainment systems, you know, the dash uh, boards with the radio and stuff uh, built into cars. They were just almost like 20 years behind. And it's literally in the past five years that I think they've really come a long way with, you know, leaders like Apple and uh, Google with Android uh, having that integrated into these these systems. So uh, hopefully uh, that will play out in all cars going forward. Also in the app news this week here on the app show, Facebook Android app, was caught seeking super user clearance. Should we be concerned about this? I mean, you should always be concerned about the things that Facebook is doing. I say this joking, but I'm a little bit serious because uh, they have had a lot of incidents recently. And uh, again, this is another case where this was seeking super user status on some Android devices, and this actually gives it access to pretty much everything on your phone. So if you uh, didn't read that notification fully and just approved it, that's probably cause for concern for sure. So from what I understand, uh, and again, this was affecting only Android users, it would keep asking for this super user permission until you granted it. Perfect. That That's definitely what you want. <laughs> Anyway, Facebook has actually commented on this and saying that it was due to a coding error in one of our uh, one of their anti-fraud systems and it according to them it has affected only a small number of people running uh, running the Facebook app on certain Android devices and that they fixed it now and that people shouldn't be concerned. But uh, I'm not sure that uh, <laughs> that that's true in terms of people shouldn't be concerned. Uh, yeah. Speaking of concern, uh, there's a, uh, a teen monitoring app called TeenSafe, and apparently uh, this has been found to expose thousands of teens' passwords. Yeah, so this actually... Uh, It was on an Amazon cloud server and was accessible by anyone without a password. And it gave them entry into uh, a lot of personal data, including some Apple IDs and user passwords. Um, That is horrendous. Yes. So, okay, I have to comment on these, these teen spying apps. Do people really need these? Because I grew up in a world where this just wasn't possible, and somehow I made it this far. I don't know. I know, know. but you're not right in the head. (laughs) (laughs) We know this. I made it this far without my parents spying on me every step I took, because that's what that means when you have spying apps on your child's phone. 
you're watching them all of the time. And granted, I don't have kids. Maybe I shouldn't comment, but I don't know. This, this doesn't feel super right to me. Yeah, so TeenSafe is uh, an app meant to protect teenagers by letting their parents monitor their texts, phone calls, web history, location, and app downloads. Uh, obviously, some parents feel a need to have this, but obviously it was not very secure. So uh, it just shows you how concerned we should be just about our overall privacy and our access to personal information. Uh, you know, there's got to be some uh, sort of, I don't know, regulation in place for these companies to make sure that they have certain security restrictions in place uh, for people's private information because it just every week, I mean, there's probably 10 to 20 stories that we could cover about uh, personal information being accessed or being hacked like quite easily. In this case here, they didn't even need to hack it. They could just log into this uh, this cloud server. That's right. And I think it's sort of ironic, actually, because, uh, of course, every parent who's got one of these apps on their kids' phones is doing it to protect their children. And, of course, now they've exposed their children to, you know, this these data breaches. So that's, that's ironic and scary. <laughs> Uh, on a lighter side, uh, I don't know if you saw this, Google Maps will let you replace that dull arrow with a 3D car. Uh, this has been made functional in the latest iOS version of Google Maps. So now you can have a little car going around on your uh, on your directions. Apparently there's Thank a little God. pickup truck too. Oh, I didn't know that. You can select it. Uh, you know... I don't know what problem this solves. I I don't I, think I've lost like any sleep. I like it. I recently. hate that stupid arrow. I want a little car there. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, awesome. I don't know. I just haven't lost any sleep recently about what uh, the little signifier on Google Maps is. But if it makes you happy, Mike, I'm all for it. It makes me happy. Well, uh, let's uh, see what uh, Graham has in store for us uh, this week with the latest tip for our iOS users. iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. What do you got, Graham? So this week's iPhone tip of the week is actually in honor of a little trip that I took last week to Whistler. Uh, It is absolutely beautiful up there. And one of the things that I found is that you can't necessarily capture all of that beauty in a single shot. So there is, of course, the panorama mode in the camera. You've used this, right? Yes. Yeah. So the panorama mode is really great. Basically, you open up the camera, you slide over to panorama, and you get this arrow. Uh, You tap your camera button, and you slowly move around. And it's going to say, move the arrow up and down. So you move your phone up or down to match. Uh, But typically, that arrow is going left to right. Um, The first tip for our tip of the week is actually changing the direction of that. If you tap the arrow, it will take you from right to left. And it will give you this beautiful panoramic image in either direction, which can be kind of handy. Uh, A little trick here, it can be kind of fun. If you start a panorama with someone in the shot, and let's say that you're going left to right, if they run around you in the other direction, they can actually be in the picture twice, which is kind of fun. (laughs) It's it's a little goofy, it's a little silly, but it's a little fun. Uh, But the, the second tip that I have for you is capturing a vertical panorama. Basically, just flip your phone on its side and uh, either pan up or pan down, depending on how the arrow is pointing, and you'll be able to get a panorama of incredibly cool, tall subjects. I did this most recently when I was actually in Toronto and got a great uh, picture of the CN Tower. So that is this week's iPhone tip of the week. Play around with panorama mode and have a lot of fun. Thanks, Graham. When we come back, are you in the market for a new phone? You want something uh, super powerful but don't want to break the bank? Well, we might just have something that you'll uh, want to check out. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. 
Time for our smartphone of the week. On the line, we've got Igor Bonifacic from Mobile Syrup. Thanks for joining us, Igor. Always a pleasure to be here. Uh, wanted to talk about the new OnePlus 6 uh, Chinese uh, smartphone. Uh, very, very popular with all the, I guess, nerds out there. But uh, again, very powerful, uh, cram-packed with features and at a great price. Tell us about the new phone. Yeah, so uh, if you've been following the saga of OnePlus, and if you haven't, they're a Chinese company. Um, and they kind of, their whole gimmick is that they produce what are quote-unquote flagship smartphones, that is smartphones with really high-end features uh, for a reasonable price. Now, the downside is that you can't purchase it through a Canadian carrier. They sell direct to customers. So you have to pay for the phone outright instead of over you know, 12 to 24 months. Um, and the OnePlus 6 is just the latest line in the company's line of OnePlus phones. And this one is, uh, in my eye anyway, and from a lot of reviews I've read from some of my colleagues in the field, just one of the best uh, smartphones they've released to date. Um, like the iPhone 10, it has a display notch. Uh, so for a lot of people, either they don't mind it or they absolutely hate that. Otherwise, it's a 6.2-inch uh, display. It's really nice and immersive. Uh, and for the first time with a OnePlus smartphone, it really has a really nice camera. In the past, that's been something that the company has kind of had issue like bringing in at that price point. And I should mention it's it's $700 Canadian to start, and you get with that like the best Qualcomm chipset, 6 gigabytes of RAM, and 64 gigabytes of storage, which is really competitive. Um, so... Overall, it's a really great phone, um, and you know each OnePlus smartphone has sold better than the last. So we'll see how this one does. I'm I'm looking at a picture of this uh, online. It looks very uh, iPhone 10ish with the the notch in it. <laughs> yeah, that's you know. So I, I OnePlus doesn't really like make like two qualms about this, but they are, you know they are very adamant about the fact that they are very much inspired by Apple and Carl Pei, the co-founder of OnePlus, he has frequently said, you know, his whole vision with OnePlus was always to, you know, kind of create uh, the Apple of the Android world. Now, you know, whether they've been successful in that is up for debate, but uh, the company really doesn't, you know, it, they look like iPhones um, to a certain extent. This one, I'd say this, you know, once you get past the notch, besides uh, the notch, like, it looks less than uh, like an iPhone than uh, an iPhone Seven. Who are they competing against then? Uh, you know, obviously iPhone and Apple—they've got their niche, they've got their world. Uh, who on the Android side do you think they're targeting? Um, it's really like this phone historically has appealed to kind of that very hardcore Android demographic who. You know, they're online in forums constantly arguing about what is the best a smartphone. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a smaller audience than, you know, the Samsung and the uh, Apples of the world. And, but, you know, the company has kind of found success and, you know, they, they market directly to their customers. Uh, a lot of their marketing is just through word of mouth. It's not through big, like, carrier channels and stuff. Um, and, you know, because there is no middleman, they tend to, I guess, they've made the economics work in such a way where they can just sell directly to the consumer at what is a pretty reasonable price and uh, make some, something of a profit that way. So it's coming in at six ninety nine uh, Canadian, from what I understand. So 
it's not cheap, but it's still cheaper than the other higher-end premium phones like the the iPhones and and the Samsungs out there. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a very strange world in which we live in. Like, um, so the first OnePlus smartphone, I should know, it was about uh, I want to say three hundred Canadian. Uh, now, on the other hand, it was really hard to get because they had this whole convoluted invite system involved. Uh, so this one. You know, it, with each OnePlus smartphone, they've kind of increased the uh, price about like $50 Canadian. Um, so as you say, not cheap, but I will say, you know, like some of these phones, like the iPhone, like the iPhone, you're looking about like $1,200 to start outright. Now, granted, the nice thing about the iPhone is you can kind of subsidize it through a carrier contract. On the flip side, you know, um, the way I like to uh, put this to people is like, it makes, I think, a lot more sense to buy an outright phone, especially because you can then take advantage of these kind of promotions, uh, like we saw a couple months ago with the uh, 10 gigabytes for $60, uh, which all the carriers in uh, British Columbia or the national carriers, specifically, they offered it in British Columbia, Ontario, uh, and I believe Quebec. So, um you can kind of make it work. Obviously, it's, it's not going to make sense for everyone. $700 or $1,200 is uh, a lot to put up front, uh, especially for a phone. Do you think they'll take away business from Samsung? No, I don't. You know, I don't think it's, I don't even think that's really their plan so much. Like, I, you know, Samsung is just such a huge force in this industry. Um, and for most people, I still think like something like the S9 makes so much sense. Like it is, if you just want like the best phone, Android phone with that takes really great photos, the S9 is such a good bet. And again, like you can get it directly from your carrier. We've been talking with Igor Bonifacic about the new OnePlus 6 smartphone running Android. Thanks for joining us, Igor. Thanks for having me. You can catch more of uh, Igor Bonifacic's uh, articles on mobilesyrup.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Hot 5 here on the App Show. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with your favorite App Show, the App Show. We uh, still have a lot more to talk about on today's program, uh, including our, our creative uh, travel app of uh, creative and travel apps of the week, and also what's uh, streaming online, your favorite TV shows and movies coming up coming up on Netflix and Crave TV. Before we get to our Hot 5 uh, app countdown this week, let's get our Facebook tip of the week from Graham. What do we got? So our Facebook tip of the week is a bit of a throwback, back to one of the very first apps on phones ever. Uh, You might know the app I'm talking about. If you owned a Nokia phone, it was Snake. Snake. Yeah. I love that. I love that game. It's a a fun little game. So simple. And so you can actually play Snake on any phone right now. I didn't know that. If you have Facebook Messenger. So uh, with Facebook Messenger, all you have to do is log into the official Messenger app, open a conversation with someone, tap on the games icon, and Snake is now there. Basically, do a text search for Snake, not Nokia Snake, just Snake, and it will take you to the old school mobile green phone game (laughs) with (laughs) that Snake uh, pursuing those little dots all around the screen and obviously... Growing larger and getting faster as the game proceeds, and uh, hopefully you can get a high score. I love it. Yeah. So that's how that's in Facebook Messenger. That's in Facebook Messenger. Open open the Messenger app. Open a conversation. Type in uh, hit games. Type in Snake and get started with Snake and see if you can set the high score against your friends. That is the dream. Well, let's uh, change gears. The weekly app hot five. 
This week, it's the Hot 5 Cat App Countdown. This is something near and dear to uh, your heart, Graham, because you are a uh, well-known cat lover. Yes, and indeed, uh, my, my cat, his name is, you're ready for this? Stormageddon, Dark Lord of All. That's, you are really weird. It, it's the best because I actually make them call that out when we go to the vet. If they, if they just ask for Stormy, I will, I will wait. No, no. Give me his full name. So our first app this week actually has to do with going to the vet, and that is Pet Health. So whether you've got uh, several cats, dogs, small animals, um, this app is designed to help you keep track of all of your pets. And essentially what you can do is create a profile for each one and log all of their information, as well as critical veterinary phone numbers and any sort of uh, conditions that they might have. So Stormy actually has low potassium, and so I would log that in this app. How do you know this? Because he's had a blood test. And he doesn't eat any bananas. Oh, my God. Number four on the Hot 5 app countdown, top five cat apps this week. Uh, number four is DoseCast. And if you did have low potassium as a cat, you would want this because there is a medication reminder, which is both for humans and for pets, that allows you to compile a list of medication uh, with details like dosages, photos, and other specifics. So whether to take it with food, uh, and you can set a reminder for each. So when Stormy does have medication for low potassium, I can use DoseCast to make sure that he takes it on time. We're talking about the Hot 5 app countdown this week. All about cats. Number three on the Hot 5 Cat App Countdown. Number three, taking a little bit of control of your relationship with your cat, if such a thing can be done, is cat clicker training. So if you're interested in using a highly successful method of training your cat, clicker training is incredibly good for this. And so this app will give you step-by-step instructions on how to make clicker training easier. You've been, I didn't know you could train cats with a click. So here's the thing. You can train cats with a click. I've actually trained Stormy to, re- to respond to voice commands. So when it is his dinner time, I will call him for dinner. He will come over. Uh, I get his dinner out, and he has to sit, stand up on his hind legs, and speak before he gets his dinner. And he will do all three without fail. Oh, you are so weird. <laughs> Number two on the Hot 5 Cat App Countdown is Pet First Aid. This is developed by the American Red Cross. This app is packed with practical advice that will help you diagnose and treat your cat. It includes step-by-step instructions for common emergencies, and there is a mix of text, video, and uh, photographs that will help you identify the issue and deal with it. Uh, My most recent issue, uh, Stormy got into a dryer sheet and ate it. Uh, There is conflicting information as to whether or not that's good or bad for your cat. He's not dead, so I think it's okay, uh, but I would recommend that you maybe keep the dryer sheets away from them. And the number one cat app on the Hot 5 app countdown here on the app show is? And the number one app is Catfishing 2. This is actually a really catfishing fun. Catfishing 2. Catfishing 2. Um, you are, you are not, you're not fishing for catfish, um, and you are not on Tinder. Now, this is actually an app where your cats can uh, go ahead and try to catch fish on your phone or tablet screen. So fish swims around the screen, and your cat can swat at it to score points. It starts with one fish in the first round, two in the second round, and then three fish on the screen at once. Uh, if they do lose interest, because let's face it, they are cats, uh, the game will meow at them after 30 seconds in an effort to try to tempt them back. So that is Catfishing 2. Catfishing 2. Because if you loved Catfishing 1, there's Catfishing 2. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that was your uh, Hot 5 uh, Cat App countdown uh, here on the app show. Number five, again, pet health. Number four, dose cast. Number three, cat clicker training. Number two, pet first aid. And of course, number one, cat fishing two. Let's uh, check out uh, another type of app. We have our creative app of the week brought to you by Vancouver Film School. What do we have? So Vancouver Film School, obviously very famous for their computer-generated graphics program and uh, other artistry like that. This app this week can let you do a little bit of that on your own. It's an app called Apollo, and it uses the dual camera 
in the uh, iPhone 7 Plus, the iPhone 8 Plus, and the iPhone 10 uh, to do amazing things to portrait mode after you've taken the picture. So essentially what this will do is it uses advanced uh, algorithms and machine learning to uh, basically take those pictures and add lighting effects, add color, and let you create a whole new image out of your uh, portrait image after the fact. It's incredibly cool to use. It's a lot of fun. And it is going for about $2.39 on the App Store right now. Not bad. That was our Creative App of the Week by brought to you by Vancouver Film School. When we come back from the break, it's streaming time. We're going to talk about what's hot on Netflix and Crave, all your favorite uh, new TV shows and movies that you don't even know about coming out. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to The App Show. Mike Agarbo here with Graham Williams and Christina Stoyanova. Still lots more to talk about on today's uh, program. A little bit later, we'll have our game app of the week and also uh, our fitness and travel apps uh, as well. So you'll need to stay tuned for that. Let's uh, check out what's happening uh, online with uh, your favorite shows. Streaming this week. This is the part of the show where we talk about some of the shows and movies coming out on the streaming services. This week, it's Netflix and Crave. We will start off with Netflix. Uh, And on Netflix, we've uh, got Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which uh, recently was actually saved from cancellation by NBC. This is uh, season five now available on Netflix. Did you see that? Mara just went into the showers for the second time today. Well, maybe he just likes to relax. No one is relaxed in a prison shower. It's literally the most tense situation I've ever been in. What's he doing in there? You ever watch the show? I actually started watching it, uh, but sort of fell off uh, a little while ago. Yeah, starting, uh, what's his name again? Andy Sandberg uh, from Saturday Night Live uh, fame. I don't get the show, but uh, it does very well, and lots of people uh, think it is hilarious. Again, season five on Netflix. A uh, new Netflix original here, Ibiza. Listen to me. Yo, man, Leo West is in Ibiza tonight. I can't just fly to Ibiza. I have a very important meeting here tomorrow night. This is destiny. Some people land on the moon. Others cure diseases. You smash this DJ. Yeah, actually, that was really impressive and a good point. Looks like a, a fun uh, female comedy. Uh, what's her name again? She's from Community. That's in this one. Uh, Jillian Jacobs. Jillian She's Jacobs. also in Love, which is another Netflix original. She's doing well at Netflix right now. Uh, documentary, if you liked The Toys That Made Us Season 1, what to expect from Season 2, which will be released on Netflix. So if we get four more, pretty sure it's going to be Turtles, <laughs> My Little Pony, Power Rangers, and, you know, what else? Oh, wrestling. Gotta do wrestling. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is a great show. If you grew up in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, uh, this kind of covers all the toys that we used to play with and and some of the video games uh, as well. And I know you probably won't like this because you didn't play with toys. I played with lots of toys. Did you? I'm interested to know actually what their take is. So do they actually comment on these toys or they just describe them and talk about them? Uh, they talk about them uh, and describe, uh, you know, the impact they had back back in the day. Right. Because I'd be interested to know what uh, the thoughts are on toys like Barbie, which uh, I think we have different feelings about these days. Um, and, you know, the unrealistic body image and things like that. But I had a ton of Barbies. Well, speaking of unrealistic uh, body images, do you think any of the the guys' uh, action figures had realistic body images? It's true. I I guess I really never thought about it. 
Um, I feel like there's always a little less pressure on men, but maybe that's just my perception and maybe that's wildly inaccurate. Maybe you were deeply affected by uh, Ken's muscles and uh, <laughs> G.I. Joe's physique. I don't know. <laughs> it was his beard. I wanted his beard. And, and Ken be- didn't have a beard. I'm talking about uh, G.I. Joe. Oh, G.I. Joe. Gotcha. G.I. Joe. I, and you can't grow a beard, right? So. Well, I can actually. But oh, you Back can. then when I was eight, I couldn't grow a beard. <laughs> so it was something to aspire to. Coming up here on Netflix for the kids, Troll Hunters. Master Jim, destiny is a gift. Never forget that fear is but the precursor to valor. And to strive and triumph in the face of fear is what it means to be a hero. After everything we've been through. This actually looks kind of good. Again, uh, obviously aimed at kids, uh, but the animation on it uh, looks quite quite good. So uh, I would recommend that for the younger folks. And speaking of toys, did you play with trolls? Because I did. Oh, my God. I hated those things with the fuzzy <laughs> hair. Because my hair looks like that when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> and so, you know, it was a cruel reminder of, uh, you know, the joke that God played on my hair. But you know what's funny is trolls were such cute little toys. Were they? And were they? And I think a troll is by nature meant to be sort of ugly. Yeah, and kill people. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, so I don't think you you should expect the trolls that you played with as a kid in this movie. No. <laughs> Next up here on Netflix this week, The Break with Michelle Wolf, a, uh, a regular comedy series uh, that takes the seriousness out of today's late night comedy. They show! Michelle Wolf because it's literally a break and also my name is Michelle Wolf. <laughs> There's a lot going on in the world right now. Hey you. Oh my god. I highly recommend the Stirrups feature. I don't have time for emotion in my sex. Look a TV came from the ceiling. I haven't watched the show yet. I'm gonna try it but it looks a little crazy. It does look a little crazy um, but you know, if you're looking for a new late night type show, then maybe this is it. Well, being on Netflix, you can watch it in the morning too. The Break with Michelle Wolf. Heading over to Crave TV, Graham Chittenden, a comedy special. I have a girlfriend who wants, yeah, she's been mentioning lately that she might like to have children. And I have been reminding her that my parents can't afford that right now. <laughs> Actually, the title of uh, this comedy is Reluctant Adult. So uh, I think we're seeing a little bit of that in in that one little snippet there. Oh, I thought it was, uh, yeah, it looks like <laughs> a, a funny guy. Uh, again, on Crave TV, this is a really interesting uh, documentary out of the UK about uh, journalism called The Fourth Estate. Why did all but one of its 175 newspapers around the world have the same pro-war line on Iraq? Why are there more women editors? Why aren't there more minority-owned newspapers? The overwhelming majority of cinemas own the product that they're selling, so they're not going to allow space for this film. Presumably, anyone who's watching this (laughs) in the cinema, chances are they're not going to be in their Odeon. Again, call the Fourth Estate. uh, An interesting look at the state of journalism uh, out of the UK. I think we should be looking at uh, journalism everywhere. Yeah, it's uh, kind of in a, <laughs> uh, a bad state in some areas. 
Well, let's have some fun now. We're going to go back to Graham and uh, talk about the game app of the week. What do we got, Graham? So this week is a game app for both iOS and Android. It's tablet only. It's Project High Rise. So this is a building sim that lets you unleash your inner architect. It was originally on PC, uh, but lets you play as both architect and developer. Your job is to build a skyscraper that's going to be the envy of everyone in the city. And it's a really cool simulation. So the idea here is that you're going to build up your skyscraper, try to make it as beautiful and as efficient and as attractive as possible. You're looking to uh, collect, uh, you know, different types of tenants. And it basically gives you uh, an open world sort of sandbox experience as you just kind of go through and, and build this uh, this thing the way that you want to. Uh, there is a campaign mode that is looking to test your skill at building uh, successfully higher and higher high rises. Uh, throughout, and you'll be able to manage those buildings and basically try to keep people happy while making sure that the darn thing doesn't burn down. So that is, you know, uh, they should have the Vancouver edition where uh, if you live uh, actually in Vancouver, you're not allowed to buy any of the actual units. <laughs> They're actually purchased by other people. You can just lease this space. Um, no, the the Van- there is actually a Vancouver edition. There are in-app purchases, and it's roughly three million dollars for each. Very cool. Uh, the name again? Uh, that is Project High Rise, and it goes for around $4.50 on the App Store and Google Play. It is tablet only, so if you don't have a tablet, sorry, you can't play. When we come back from the break here on the App Show, it's our fitness and travel apps of the week. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. Before we get to the travel app with Christina, we're going to head over to Graham. You've got our fitness app of the week. Yes, I do. The fitness app of the week is actually very zen. It's an app called Calm. And this is available for iOS and Android. It is free, but there are monthly and yearly subscriptions uh, available for additional content. This gives you guided meditation sessions available for 3, 5, 10, 15, 20, or 25-minute lengths so you can meditate how you want to and when you want to. That app is Calm, and that is for iOS and Android. Looks like it's that time. We've got our travel app of the week. What do we got? We have an app called Pivot, and it's spelled P-I-V-T. Don't ask me why these companies keep dropping vowels. I don't know what to do with that. Because they probably couldn't get (laughs) (laughs) P-I-V-O-T. Anyways, it's available on Android and iOS for free. This is a social network for travelers, expats, and locals to connect with community, plan activities, and source recommendations. Uh, Its goal is actually to make any city feel like home by connecting you with your uh, extended network and people with similar interests in any city that you land in. It has a communities feature to connect you with other people with similar interests, a news feed to help you stay updated on what's going on around you, and updates on gatherings around the city you're in. So this is so you can hook up with strangers? (laughs) Not like hook up, but uh, like hang out. Yes, and also connects you to um, some of your extended network so that you can draw on their expertise about different cities that you're in. I mean, obviously, a lot of these features can be captured in other social networks like Facebook, for example. uh, But I think that obviously people are moving away from that and having something more specialized so that everyone on this app sort of knows what, uh, what they're there for is a really great thing. Um, especially for expats, like I think that's that can be a very uh, challenging and and lonely time to move to a new city as an expat and try to make your your way and try to build social circles and things like that. So, is it for people that have moved somewhere, or is it for travelers? It's for both. Um, but I, for me, I see the application uh, more for expats personally because 
for travelers, there are a lot of resources. And obviously you're staying in places like hotels and hostels and going on outings that, you know, naturally introduce you to other travelers. Whereas for expats, that can be a little bit more challenging. And again, the app is called? Pivot, P-I-V-T. And it's available on both iOS and Android, right? That's right. And do you have to spend money on this thing to buy it? (laughs) No, it's free, but uh, I'm guessing you're going to end up spending money doing all the activities you find on there. Well, that's not so bad. (laughs) That's all the time we have left. I want to thank Christina and Graham for putting this show together. Mike, Graham, and Christina signing off for the app show. We'll see you again next week. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.